Mackerel Podcast number 418 for July 30th, 2014, brought to you by Citrix's ShareFile. Enhance your workflow and send files of almost any size easily and securely. Welcome to another Mackerel Podcast. I'm Chris Breen, and as usual, except with one foot not doing quite as well as the <laughs> other, is of course... Serenity Caldwell. It's, it's, it's getting there, you know, putting on a lot of ice, ice in my foot. It's bobbing and weaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah, you're not able to walk on your hands or anything, right? No, although really I should be using this as a way to learn a handstand because I've never been able to do one and my the upper half of my body is terribly weak. So uh, so maybe maybe that's what I'll do this month while I, while I <laughs> okay. can't walk on it. Okay, well, look at this as a uh, rich third-party <laughs> opportunity for your hands and arms. Yes, exactly. And uh, anybody who has handstand apps, I guess you could pitch me for that. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. While we're... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you'd want is the app that does not flip around when you turn the phone upside down. No. <laughs> so it needs to be in a locked position. Um, other than your foot, um, I think there are a couple of other things that happened recently. That's true. Uh, Apple's been out shopping, apparently. <laughs> Or they're they in the process they just of. love the mall the mall of small apps they do so um, why don't you mention one and we'll go from there sure well the one that actually caught my attention happened over the weekend well technically it didn't even happen over the weekend we found out about it over mm-hmm. the weekend uh, which is to say that TechCrunch reported that Apple had acquired a small startup called Booklamp. Which um, most people probably haven't heard of it, and I I know Booklamp only because a couple of years back, I wrote up a, a big story about uh, the various sort of book collection and reviewing uh, communities that were that were out there, where you could you know organize your the books that you wanted to read and uh, the books that you were looking into, and at the time I thought Booklamp was really cool because it actually not only provided a community of sorts, but it it was trying to diagram all of your books so that they could be like this book has a high has a high action level and a low romance level, and if you like books like that, you might also like X Y and Z. Um, so it's um, kind of a weird hybrid between uh, between Goodreads and uh, and Pandora, mm-hmm. um, and it was very neat, but also very limited and and sort of in a not even a beta form um, for people to kind of play around with. Obviously, when you're doing that kind of thing by hand, uh, it takes a while or a lot of people. Um, and I believe Booklamp was based somewhere in the in the Midwest in Arkansas or something like that. Um, so it's not, you know, not that not startup central, uh, but TechCrunch did some digging and discovered that, uh, lo and behold, uh, Booklamp, Booklamp still sort of existed, but all of its engineers now lived in Cupertino mm. and uh, and had stopped writing about anything work related. Hmm. Yeah. What could that <laughs> you know, mean? Put, yeah, put a couple of dots together. Um, and I don't know if this has officially been confirmed in by Apple in their non-confirmational way, aka Apple buys small companies from time to time. Um, but uh, I, it sounds like uh, the TechCrunch guys have done their homework, and in fact, uh, Booklamp is now part of the Apple family. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's a smart acquisition for them. Obviously, they couldn't snap up Goodreads since Amazon's already gotten mm-hmm. to that. Um, and recommendation software is very important, especially if they're trying, like, in the wake of the whole ebook nonsense, uh, Apple kind of needs to get its footing back under them for the iBook store. And the iBook store is actually, you know, it's a 
very uh, very wide-reaching place for, for books that you can actually get. I tend to actually prefer it over Amazon just because I like reading in iBooks better than I like reading in the Kindle app, and I don't have a Kindle. Um, so it's it's very interesting to me um, and, and a smart move, I think, by Apple to sort of acquire some of that talent. Uh, I, what as for what they'll do with it, I would be interesting to see if they they use that to sort of amp up their uh, their behind the scenes book recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, they do you know show up those like other titles yeah. by this author, but who knows? Last page of the book, we might see you know oh you like this book? Here are some other books you might like. Right, and that's we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about um, Amazon's unlimited though very limited, um, book service where you pay a subscription of 10 bucks a month and you have access to 600,000 titles. And the part of that discussion was they, but they need that recommendation component where if you like this, you're going to like this. And I think for any kind of media, whether it's subscription or, or single one-off purchases, you do want that recommendation service, something that can go in, analyze what you've done, uh, what you've read, what you've consumed and say, oh, if you like this, this is what you're going to like. Because a lot of times now we don't have the same kind of contact we had with other people. Book clubs are not as popular as they once were. People are not going to the library so they can ask the librarian, hey, I love this. Where can I get something else like that? Um, instead, we end up reading the same author, whatever the next one happens to be, if we like their style. We pull Twitter mercilessly, which is what I end up doing mostly. I do, too. I often do that. And <laughs> uh, and I find a few people like Jean McDonald, who used to be with Smile and now is with App Camp mm. for Girls. She recommended about 12 titles to me that were awesome. So it was just one of those things where I didn't know what to read. I was kind of picking up one book, reading a chapter, and throwing it down. And then um, and Jean somehow, she and I seemed to have the same taste because she just nailed it. And um, so having that kind of service where it's something beyond just the casual Twitter query is uh, is really helpful. So... I do hope to see this in, incorporated somehow into iBooks because um, I think people are, are desperate for that kind of uh, service. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, um, I'm really excited to see if that actually means, oh, maybe an overhaul of iBooks is coming. Yeah, Perhaps, that maybe. Might be nice. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of, speaking of apps that Apple might want to overhaul, yeah. they, they recently bought something else. Yeah, and I hear it's swell. <laughs> it is swell indeed. Yes, and uh, we're making terrible jokes, but the app, the app, the uh, the app and the service is actually named Swell. And you want to talk a little bit about what it does, Chris? Yeah. It, speaking of Pandora-like apps, this is sort of like Pandora for talk radio, and um, the world of terrestrial radio is changing a lot. Um, I know a couple of people who are actually in that business who, you know, or appear as <clears throat> as hosts on these things. And like publishing, um, it's happened that a lot of talk radio is going out of business because it's expensive. They have to pay their talent a lot. So big conglomerates are coming in and they're kind of sweeping up uh, talk radio shows and they're paying people less. Um, the quality of the advertising is uh, getting a little cheesy sometimes. Uh, people selling nostrums and, and questionable products over the air where they wouldn't in the past because big advertisers are not advertising on radio as much as they used to. So what a lot of talk radio personalities are doing is starting to look at podcasting versus terrestrial radio, because if they have a following, they find that they can do just as well or better through podcasts. So 
the idea of swell is it's going to take talk radio, whether it's terrestrial or podcasts, and it's kind of round them up. And so if you listen to a particular talk radio show a lot or a series of them, it's going to say, oh, if you like this, you might like this as well. So it becomes... Uh, it will start throwing various episodes at you and you rate them up and down just as you do with Pandora. And if you don't like something, this is okay. And it tweaks the algorithm so that you're going to get more of the kind of stuff that you want to hear. So what this says about talk radio is that this may be an issue for them as they find more and more of their talent going over to podcasts. And it, it starts to really blur the line between what talk radio really is. Is it live radio that you have to be around to tune into, or is it podcasts? And then ultimately maybe this is then incorporated into the podcast app, which I think has been universally looked at by uh, <laughs> people downloading the thing and going, huh, uh, there are so many other podcast apps yeah. that I could download. Right. I mean, it is Apple's, but I think people have some problems with the navigation of it. Um, and it, it's difficult. I mean, everybody's got a challenge in that there are a bajillion podcasts out there. None of them are as good as this one. But um, still, the, people do want to listen to lots of other podcasts. And so, the, as you say, there are lots of others out there. Um, so I think it really is time for Apple to take a rethink on podcasts. And if they can incorporate some of this technology from Swell, that, again, is recommendation. Therefore, you're going to hear more of the kind of stuff that you want to hear. Yeah, I mean, the one the one problem with Apple and podcasts right now is sort of Apple had a monopoly on podcasts <laughs> for a long time and that everybody wanted to submit their podcasts through the through the iTunes store and there was the whole podcast section of iTunes and now it's become a lot easier to kind of host and showcase your own podcast. So Apple really needs to start adding perks to kind of convince people that, oh yeah, you should listen in the podcast app or you should use Apple to find new podcasts. Yeah, and I think broadly and socially... This is sort of an interesting take, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily positive or not, but let's say, it, because a lot of talk radio, let's face it, is meant to gin up the audience. They want to get people mad about something, whether it's liberal or conservative or whatever it is. Um, and I wonder if this kind of service is simply just going to underscore that, and you're going to get more of the kind of information that you want, whether it's right or not. Which, But I do think people tend to do that with quote-unquote news and opinion anyway um, but I think this can help accelerate that process where let's say for example you really like Glenn Beck um, so you're listening to Glenn Beck stuff they say oh, I love Glenn Beck and you're banging on the plus one key or whatever it happens to be then you're going to tend to get fed more of that kind of uh, ultra conservative um, lunatic um, opinion and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or not I don't think Ben Indeed. Ben probably does, Glenn probably doesn't listen to this podcast so probably not. Right. Sorry Glenn. <laughs> I'm not. You are a lunatic. <laughs> um okay so um anyway look for that maybe coming someday to the podcast app near you. Um next on the list is Bose. Our our good Bose. our good friends at Bose uh, who make speakers and headphones and they are they're wonderful speakers and headphones yes yes we like Bose stuff they are uh, in the process of suing Beats over noise canceling technology and um, this is not unusual for them the the company has gone after a couple of other companies in the past saying 
the kind of technology you're using to block out noise is, um, is not so good because it's ours and we would like you to pay. So in the past, companies have settled. Um, the timing on this may be a little bit interesting. Beats has been making a fair amount of money over the years selling its headphones. Um, and it's been making those headphones for a fair amount of years at that. Right. Yeah. But now that Apple is involved and is going to be shoveling <laughs> uh, vast piles of money at the company, now Bose says, oh, by the way, there are five of our patents that we believe you are infringing. So we're going to talk to you about this in a legal kind of way. Yeah. I have to wonder if part of this isn't also just Bose wanting to get Apple in the room to basically be like, hey, you know, we've been in your stores for a very long time, mm. and um, we want to make sure that this whole new deal of yours doesn't explode our business. And here's a little, not necessarily a threat, but yeah, let's just call it a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've got these patents, and you know, maybe we don't want so many monetary damages, but um, an agreement that we can sort of coexist peacefully. Yeah, I do yeah. think that I think Bose and, and Beats are a different market though. I think the people that yeah, buy Beats right, people that buy Beats headphones are not going to buy Bose headphones. No, but if Beats say decides to start making headphones that are more Bose like, I mean, I I could I could definitely see um Bose's, you know, potential hesitation and concern there, especially when Apple and its, you know, $400 iPod Hi-Fi dock is concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bose certainly has a has a broader product line. I don't think that they're going to be in any trouble here. And and no. I also don't see that Apple is once Beats is a, is officially signed and the ink is dry that they're suddenly going to throw every other ha headphone manufacturer out or dock manufacturer out and just say no, it's only Beats all the time because there are people that absolutely love the Beats stuff and there are people that don't. And so I think Apple retail is really about giving people choice. And Absolutely. I don't see any reason that Bose should be particularly worried about it. Uh, but on the other hand, Bo, I mean, Beats is soon going to have deeper pockets. And so if I were thinking of suing a company like Beats, I might be interested in waiting until <laughs> a company like Apple steps in and says, oh, well, it seems that you have much deeper pockets than you used to have, so maybe I'd like to dip in now rather than... Yeah, that, those, that millions of dollars that you just have, you know, you say it's not burning a hole in your pocket, so maybe we'll take a little bit Exactly. Of Dre, how much money do you really need? And so, um, yeah, maybe they're going to take a piece of that. Maybe. Uh, before we move on to the rest of the stuff, let's hear about Citrix's share file, which enhances your workflow and allows you to send files of almost any size easily and securely. At work, we send countless emails all day long to communicate with clients and coworkers. And most of the time, we're attaching files for reference or review. These are things like contracts and spreadsheets and presentations. But sending them as regular email attachments is not the way to do it anymore. We use Citrix's ShareFile, and you should too. It's the business solution that allows you to exchange files quickly and securely. With ShareFile, your attachments are sent as secure links. You can send files of almost any size, on up to 5 gigabytes. You can control who has access and the levels of permission that they have, and you can confirm when files are received with tracking and email alerts. Plus, ShareFile is easy. You can access your files from anywhere at any time, and you can create shared folders that sync automatically across your computer and mobile devices. It should be pretty clear how ShareFile can help in a business environment, and it does. I routinely use it to share large files with coworkers and business contacts. 
But this past weekend, I found it helpful with family as well. Now, I love my family dearly, but they're not the most technically savvy people in the world. I had a large collection of photos to share with the brother-in-law, and rather than deal with him asking me how to retrieve the images from a cloud service, I just made an archive of them, I added them to ShareFile, and I sent him a link. Because I can enable an auto-response to any files I share, I was notified that he actually picked them up, and he did so without calling me to find out how to do it. It was really easy. If you want this kind of experience in your personal life or your business life, sign up today for a 30-day free trial. There's no obligation. Go to sharefile.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter Macworld. Remember, visit sharefile.com and type in Macworld. So speaking of Beats, uh, I've been continuing to play around with the service, and I actually I canceled my Pandora subscription today. Really? Yeah, I, which is weird, but I, you know, I'm like, I, I shouldn't really be paying for a bunch of different music subscription services because as much as I would like to be like, yes, I'm a professional writer. I get paid, you know, on mountains of money. The fact <laughs> is that uh, my lifestyle currently does not uh, does not support subscribing to multiple right. subscription services. So I had to kind of I had to make a choice um, and surprising even to me, the choice, the choice was Beats. And uh, I like... I mean, I've talked a little bit on the podcast before about like about why I like the service and why I think it's interesting. Uh, but the more I listen to it, uh, the more I'm really, really enjoying not even so much the music discovery portion of it, mm-hmm. but um, the music the music curation aspect. Beats has always been particularly strong on that. That's been kind of its selling point. Uh, but their playlists are just excellent. Like they, um, they're you know, they're I've been listening to a lot of their classic rock. Uh, section and I've been actually commenting on Twitter several times. You know, oh, this you know this progression of songs is actually brilliant, yeah. and the way that you're, the way that they're creating playlists um, feels almost like old school mixtapes. Um, and and the wonderful thing about this, you know, the streaming service is as large as it is, is there are always new mixtapes for me to listen to every day. There's a new. I just saw one that I haven't gotten to listen to today, but uh, or yet that, but it's on my list is classic rock f- at the roller skating rink. I'm like oh. beats, beats. You know my heart. What's in um, What's in that playlist? Have you looked at all? I haven't. I should. You know what? I'm I'm gonna pull it up. Okay, because I'm I, wondering if it's like cheesy. 60s music or classic roller skating jams the boys are back in town don't stop me now let the good times roll dream police uh ballroom blitz okay amazing you know there's there's some staying alive by the bgs but like and mr blue sky by elo like there's a there's an interesting combination there yeah Um, because there i mean because there have been various research surgences of um of skating so there was mm -hmm. in the 80s and so it sounds like mm-hmm. that's what they're tapping versus like the early the 60s. 60s yeah. yeah. Car hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although, you know, I would totally another one of their they sort of have these mini genre uh, lists that people are building playlists of. And one of them was TV shows and movies. Um, and some of them are legitimately soundtracks from those movies. Mm-hmm. Some of them are also um, songs inspired by, yeah, yeah. you know, American Graffiti and it's uh, I don't know. I really, I really enjoy that. Also, while I'm talking about their crazy play playlist curation, I'm not sure because Beats. I don't. Does Beats hook into Facebook? Um, I know. I don't remember how how I set up the account, but there's definitely a little bit, and I'm not sure if it's coincidence or or legitimacy. Um, 
where Beats kind of knows what I'm doing, <laughs> or at least is very is very smart, um, or or just again crazy coincidence, uh, because there were definite like. I mentioned on Facebook that I was going on a road trip, and two days later, I had three different playlists talking about road trips. So, um, yeah, I, it does. I mean, we'll talk to Facebook. I don't know how much the two talk to each other, or whether it's just yeah, simply I sharing. I think it may just be coincidence, yeah. but I thought it was hilarious when you know three different life events happened, and then there were you know playlists related to all of those things that's i'll have to check my uh yeah my beats feed and see what's shown up recently um you know i've been a a fan of subscription forever um Mm -hmm. so my feelings haven't changed about it at all i just think beats is really good because uh, exactly for the reason you say the curation is so good but i wonder how have your feelings about consuming music changed with this and with pandora i mean were you of the camp of like, no, I have to own my music and I'm just going to buy this stuff? Or has streaming always seemed sort of natural to you? Uh, Well, I mean, I bought my music pretty much exclusively. I didn't try a a streaming service until Pandora. Mm. Um, And for when I, when I finally set up for Pandora, it was always about, oh, well, I want to listen to this genre. You know, I just, I kind of want to be in the mood for like weepy indie music or, movie musicals or something like that. Um, and I have a fair amount of songs uh, that I've downloaded from like artists I love, but it was just getting to the point when I was uh, shuffling through my library, uh, I have lots of songs, lots of great songs, but I would always end up with like a collection that I just, that just wasn't flowing and I wasn't having a good like mental day working to it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd either put on straight albums and that would kind of work, but then I'd get tired of the out, al- you know, it, uh, the, the big library aspect of iTunes, uh, doesn't work so well when you just kind of want to shuffle and, and have some music on the background. Um, and when like in, in this, in this day and age, it becomes harder and harder to put together playlists of, of things, um, and have the time to put together playlists yeah. of things the way that you might or otherwise have done. Um, so I think the, I still buy new music and I've, you know, I'll support the artists that I really like by buying their albums. Uh, but there's a lot of things like, uh, like Weird Al's new album, um, where it's like, I wanted to listen to those songs. Um, and I, you know, threw some, some money his way for, for a couple of the tunes, but like, I, I'm not so invested in Weird Al's music that I'm like, I've got to own that CD. Sorry, Weird Al. Sorry, Lex Friedman. I know he'll, he'll, (laughs) if he listens to this, he'll be very sad. But, um, but you know, like there are artists where it's like, I definitely want to support you. And I think the work that you're doing is great. And I would love to listen to your music once or twice, but I don't necessarily need to own your album. And the same thing with like movies or television Mm -hmm. shows. Like now I've, I'm going out of my way to buy albums that like, I know I will listen to on repeat again and again and again and again. Or that songs that I know that I want around with me always. Um, and for those day-to-day work stuff, Beats is like my perfect replacement. You know, some days I want to listen to a specific album that I've purchased and I just want that on repeat. But some days I just like, I want to I wanna go through nostalgia or listen to some classic rock. Um, and, you know, the only thing, the only complaint I have about subscription service is that it is a huge data hog. Um, yeah. I have I have spent far too much money in overages recently uh, because I've been streaming beats in the car. 
And there's not currently there's not really a, a switch to be like Beats only play low quality versions of these songs. Um, so you, you're, you're burning through it a lot if you're listening to that kind of stuff on Road Trip. And they do have an offline mode, uh, but I like that's my that's my only critique right now. Is subscription subscription music takes a long or uh, it takes a lot of data. It does now. Are you are you exploring more, or are you kind of going with like, well, I'm familiar with this sort of thing, so I want to hear more of this, or do you just kind of go into like this, like going into a restaurant? We have no idea what kind of food they have there, and just say, "Gimme," and let's see what yeah. shows up. Well, I was a little intimidated at first because when Beats, you know, when you first sign up for it, it asks you to choose kind of a couple of different uh, quadrants, and the ones I chose were all over the board because that's kind of my musical taste. Mm-hmm. And the playlists I were, was getting were equally all over the board. And some of them were fantastic. And some of them, I was like, I, I don't care about any of these songs. Um, so I think the, the Just For You section of Beats is actually really, really good in terms of um, being able to sort of narrow it down enough to be like, here are some things you might be interested in. Here's an, uh, an artist we know you don't listen to, but who's similar to kind of the artists that you're enjoying. So why don't you give them a shot? Uh, rather than just being like, you have infinite power at your fingertips, go forth and try music. Uh, I, I like the, you know, here's a here's a variety of different things. Of course, it does change depending on what you've been listening to recently. Mm-hmm. So right now, my just for you is almost all entirely like classic rock and 60s. You know, uh, I had I had a bunch of like who inspired bands for a while. Um, but as you like depending on whatever music you're listening to that day, it'll throw in some some other suggestions. And I've actually found a, a lot of really good albums that I'd never listened to and, and artists that I'd never listened to from either playlists or from the Just For You page. Like the other day, I listened to a Zombies compilation, and like I've heard a, a couple of Zombies songs that I love, mm-hmm. uh, but I found a couple of new ones that I'd never heard before. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are fantastic, and, and why haven't I ever heard of these? And, you know, it instantly went into my my listen to these again library so i I, yeah i'm i'm really finding it um i'm finding it really really fun and a a great way to find good work music and also just to kind of chill out and and enjoy myself yeah i think it's a terrific service and i i approach music in a couple of different ways i mean uh, there's the stuff that i like and i tend to have broad taste because i do and uh, but every so often I'll dive into a genre that I know nothing about. For sal- for example, salsa. I know nothing about salsa. I like it when I sort of hear it coming out of a club or um, nearby, but I've never actually explored it. And one of the nice things about Beats is they do these sort of intro two, so they handhold you in through these are the top say twenty five artists in salsa. Put it on, see what you like, and then if you find an artist that you like, then you can start digging deeper into that artist's catalog. Um, and then also there's the complaint for, I think, particularly people my age, um, that nobody, nobody's making good music anymore. The best music was from, and then name your decade. And it is nice that they will do these tangent artists so that you're listening to something from say 30 years ago and say, oh, this is awesome. And then you say artists inspired by much like your who playlist so that you can find modern artists who are like oh yeah i could totally see that being done 30 years ago there you know the production's been updated the instrumentation has been there's a modern spin on this but this is still great music and if i like that i'm gonna like this as well and it allows older listeners who tend to stick with the, the old stuff 
to update their tastes a little bit and at least be able to converse with younger people about some of the artists who are around. Um, I mean, I can't do that with my daughter because if I mention an artist that she likes and I like them too, then that artist is dead to her. They're instantly on the black. Oh yeah. They're not cool anymore. So <laughs> I try to keep it to myself or every once in a while I'll put something on and she'll come into my office and go, wait a minute. You like that? You're listening to that? So well, yeah, so I, I heard you were, so I thought that would be okay. Ah, uh, don't listen to my music because it's like I've just you know I've had a giant oil spill all over her favorite music, and then she has to go out and find some new stuff. So, oh, you're officially raising a teenager. <sighs> it's okay. It's all right, you know. And and she'll sometimes put something on. It's like, this is really this is dubstep, Dad. And this is going to be really really weird. And I listen to it. I like it. And I say, okay, now I'm going to put on the residence for you. And then she goes, wow, that is unlistenably weird. I said, oh, no, no, There's, let me put this on for you. And then so we sort of have battles of who could play the weirdest music for the other person. So, oh, my goodness, it's kind of a bonding thing. It's it's yeah. It's nice. And then, and that's one of the things that the subscription allows you to do is share music with people that way where you couldn't do that so much in the past, where you had an arm full of CDs or something. You say, here, listen to my music. Well, hang on, we've got to take the disc out. I'll put this, no, not that cut. This. That. Oh, there's that one. Um, the ability to just bang back and forth between people, um, throwing songs at each other is just so powerful. And to be able to share playlists with, with your friends as well, like you're making the mixtape of the old days, but yeah. instead just say, here are 20 awesome songs. You should check this out. And as long as they belong to the service, whether it's Spotify or Beats or Rhapsody or whoever, they get a taste of your musical taste, which I think gives you wonderful insight to the uh, to your friends and uh, and colleagues. So, yeah, I really love that part of it. I'm thinking, you know, just a couple of years ago, it was if you wanted to share a digital mixtape with someone and you didn't want to burn a CD or they lived across the country, you had to make like an iTunes gift playlist and then gift them fifty dollars worth of music to. You know, to actually have them listen to it all or write it all up by hand and be like, you have to buy all of these songs or go listen to them on YouTube, except uh, here are all the different links. Yeah. And, you know, it, and now with subscription services, it's all become a whole lot better. Yeah. OK. So both Ren and I give big thumbs up to uh, to subscription music and beats in particular. Mm -hmm. It's really, really quite good. So um, give it a go uh, before Bose sues them out of existence, uh, which, of course, will never happen. No. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the list of stuff. I think we're about done. Oh, you you had one other thing that uh, that Microsoft is being mean to Apple. Oh, that's right. You know, because Samsung, you know, Samsung's getting in its jab. So why not Microsoft have a little bit of fun and do an ad against uh, against Apple and uh, specifically Siri? Poor Siri. Poor Siri. She's the brunt of every joke. Oh, but just wait for iOS eight. Siri cries. I will be, I will be relevant. I will be great. <laughs> well, I, 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 feel, yeah. I think this shows, yeah. you know, both the Samsung ads and the Microsoft ads show who's the leader. Who are they attacking? You, you attack the people that are, you know, that are doing quite well with their technology. You don't attack somebody that doesn't matter. So, um, you know, while Apple fans may get a little miffed about some of these ads, it indicates that both Samsung and Microsoft envy Apple's position and uh, and so are, are going to criticize them. It's true. Um, and you know what? Cortana actually does. I, I got a chance to play with the Windows phone very briefly and Cortana is actually very impressive um, and is doing some really cool stuff. 
stuff that I kind of hope makes it into Siri eventually. Uh, so I like I understand wanting to brag and pat yourself on the back a little bit, but I've always been a little bit irked by those kind of ads that are like, all right, let's pit two products head to head and have specific branding and, and, you know, make them feel bad about themselves, especially when they're robotic AI. Don't you know what happens when you make AI feel bad about themselves? They turn evil and they try and take over the world and then it's just, you know chaos right so uh so please microsoft samsung and apple will include you in this um do your part to avoid the robo apocalypse <laughs> which was a fun book by the way yes avoid the robo apocalypse except it's really hard also to say tongue, tongue twisters <laughs> it's a tongue twister it's it's too early in the week for tongue twisters it is it is indeed okay so um i think that wraps it up yes yes i think we're good okay that well, was Lovely talking to you, as always. As it was for me. And uh, let's do it again. Oh, actually, we're not going to do it again next week, because I'm going to be on vacation. So That's right. Are you going to be on an even nicer beach than you normally are on? Possibly. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to diss my local beach. So I love no. my local beach. But yes. Different, different beach. There may, Maybe not better beach. Right. There may be beaches involved. So um, <laughs> I assume you'll be back next week. I will be back next week with a mystery co-host. Okay. Well, have a lovely time then. Thank you very much. Enjoy your vacation, Chris. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of the Macworld Podcast, brought to you by Citrix's ShareFile. Enhance your workflow and send files of almost any size easily and securely. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. Thanks very much for listening.